You're now listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. Our message this week comes to us from our kids and junior high pastor, Pastor Lori Attack. Have a listen. Okay, over the past seven weeks, we've been looking at the lives of great men in the Bible and how God used them in powerful ways and how he prepared them to fulfill his purposes for their lives during periods of shelter. Now today, we're going to look at a woman in the Bible named Esther. Now Esther, she was a Jewish woman, and she was raised by her relative Mordecai. And she became queen of Persia. Now God sheltered Esther while she was in the palace of the Persian king, and God used Esther powerfully by leading her to save the Jewish people from destruction. Now, God isn't mentioned in this book at all, but we will see how he is always there even when we don't see him. In order for us to see the big picture of how God's hand was on Esther's life and how God sheltered her from so much, so much stuff that could have happened to her, I want us to watch this video of Esther because it kind of, uh, it just shows her story quickly in like five minutes. And I think it will help us to see how God used her. So let's just watch this video and then I'll come back up. Now the Jews had been defeated by Babylon, which meant they were exiled from their homeland and taken as slaves. But later, the Babylonians were defeated by the Persians. So now, the Jews found themselves under the rule of the Persian king, Xerxes. That's where our story begins. King Xerxes decided he was going to throw a party. And this wasn't your standard cookies and punch type of party. This party lasted for seven days and included all manner of lavish feasting and drinking. Now on the last day, the king decided to show off his queen, who was very beautiful. But when he called for her to come to the feast, she refused. This greatly angered the king, and not only the king, but his counselors and noblemen as well, because they were thinking, if the queen treats the king this way, wives everywhere are going to start disrespecting their husbands. They're going to be mouthing off, refusing to change the baby. They're not going to cook the falafel for dinner. It's going to be chaos. So the king declared that the queen was no longer the queen, which meant that he needed to find a new one. Now, if you're an all-powerful male in the ancient world, what better way to find a new wife than to parade every beautiful single woman in the land through your palace? So that's what he did. Among the hundreds of women sent to the palace, was a girl named Esther. Esther was secretly a Jew, and she was also an orphan raised by her uncle Mordecai. And though she was essentially the lowest possible social class, the Lord was with Esther, and she was a beautiful and graceful woman. When she was brought to the palace, she found favor among all the king's staff, and ultimately the king himself, who chose her to be queen. Some time later, Esther's uncle Mordecai was sitting at the city gate when he overheard two men plotting to kill the king. Mordecai quickly relayed this to Esther, who told the king, who promptly solved the problem. Even though he saved the king's life, Mordecai was never recognized for what he did. And some time later, he found himself in trouble when a man named Haman rose to power. Haman was the king's second in command, And whenever Haman walked through the streets, everyone was ordered to bow down before him. But Mordecai, being a Jew and a follower of God, refused to bow to Haman. 
When Haman found out about it, he was enraged. In fact, he was so enraged that he plotted to kill not only Mordecai, but every single Jew in the empire, women and children included. By Haman's influence, the king sent out a decree that ordered all Jews to be executed and their property taken. When Mordecai found out about it, he begged Esther to approach the king and ask him to change his mind. But Esther knew that if she were to approach the king without being summoned, she could, by law, be put to death. Esther was in torment, but finally, after much fasting and praying, she decided to approach the king, even if she should perish. When the king saw her standing before him, he loved her and invited her to speak. What do you wish, Esther? The king asked. Esther replied, I would ask that the king and Haman come to a feast that I shall prepare. The king was delighted, as was Haman, and together they feasted. Toward the end of the meal, the king asked Esther, What is it that you wish? Anything you want will be granted to you, up to half my kingdom. Esther replied, If it pleases the king, let the king and Haman come to another feast that I will prepare, and there I will answer the king's question. Haman left the palace happy that day, but on his way home, he noticed Mordecai at the gate and was reminded of Mordecai's refusal to bow to him. Haman's mood darkened. He decided to have a gallows built on which Mordecai would be hanged the following day. That night, the king couldn't sleep. So he ordered the book of records to be brought and read to him. When the account of Mordecai's warning of the plot to kill the king was read, the king asked, what have we done to honor Mordecai for saving my life? Nothing, your majesty, replied his servant. So the king called for Haman, and when he arrived, the king asked, what should I do for someone I want to honor? Haman thought he was thinking of him, and he said, you should put your royal robes on him and a crown and let him ride your horse through the streets so that everyone will know that this is the man the king honors. The king thought that was a great idea, and he said, perfect, go and get Mordecai and do exactly what you have just said. In fact, you can be the one to lead the horse around. Soon after this, the day of Queen Esther's feast arrived. After they had finished eating, the king again asked Esther, what is it that you wish? Anything you want will be granted to you, up to half my kingdom. Esther replied, O oh, king, if it please you, all I ask is that my life and the life of my people be spared. For I am a Jew, and it has been decreed that all Jews in the empire should be annihilated. When he heard this, the king was furious. Who would do such a thing to my queen? He shouted. Haman, replied Esther. And furthermore, he has built a gallows to hang Mordecai, who once saved the king's life. The king replied, then let Haman be hanged on it. And so it was. Haman was executed on the gallows. And a new decree was issued, saving the lives of the Jews. Esther and Mordecai were honored and spent the rest of their days serving the king. Now I guess there's no reason for me to speak. <laughs> Ah... Uh.
as we can see, a lot happened in Esther's life. I just want to touch on a few things today um, that we can take from Esther's life and we can apply them to our own life as believers. The first one is God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Now, Esther was an ordinary Jewish girl who had the misfortune of losing both of her parents. She was an orphan, and she was raised by her relative Mordecai. He cared for her. He loved her. He directed her. He made sure that she was well. He watched over her. The word says that he would go daily to check on her. Right off the start, this shows us that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Do you sometimes feel ordinary? Do you sometimes feel like you just don't fit? Sometimes you just don't feel good enough? I think that sometimes we believe lies about ourselves, and maybe we don't make a lot of money, or maybe we don't have a good education, or, or maybe we've done something bad in our life. Maybe something's happened to us, and we just haven't, you know, it's through no fault of our own, but we just haven't been able to come to terms with that, believing that God could still love us. But he does still love us, no matter what he loves us. That could be no further from the truth. And Romans 8 and 38 and 39 says that I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's, that's a lot of love. Now, a relationship with the Lord does not mean that we live without trials or we live without hardships. Unfortunately, the truth is that sin is in the world, so bad things do happen. Now, Esther losing both parents must have had her question where God was in her life. Her plan for her own life did not include her parents dying or her even being taken away to a palace with a prideful king as a husband, one that she couldn't even go to to talk to or, to talk or go to for any kind of a help without being, you know, summoned to go to her or for her to be allowed to go to him. She lived a life that was difficult. It was difficult, and yet God used those difficulties. God used her for a greater purpose, to save his people. Esther was placed in the royal position, not by chance, but for a purpose. Proverbs 15 and 9 says that we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Proverbs 19 and 21 says that you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Number two, God is in control of the details. Now, in my op uh, opinion, this next part of the story is an important part of God's plan. You see, Mordecai saves the king's life, and there was a plan set out to kill him. But the king's life was spared because of Mordecai, as we just saw. <laughs> but Mordecai was never thanked. Nothing was ever said. He was just totally forgotten that he had saved the king's life. Have you ever felt shafted? Have you ever felt like you've done your best and nothing ever, you were never thanked or you, nobody ever said anything, it was just overlooked? Or you ever went over and above the call of duty and it was, just, it was just like nothing? Nobody even noticed? Well, the Bible doesn't say how Mordecai felt about this, but I'm sure that he felt overlooked. Now, we might get angry or hurt or we might feel overlooked also. But you see, this story, we see that even though it looks like nobody 
noticed or said thanks. Something greater is happening in the spiritual world. The fact that Mordecai saved the king will end up being a big part of God's plan in Esther's life. You see, God did not forget this very important detail, and he doesn't overlook the details in our life either. You see, God knows what we need. He knows when we need it. He knows how we need it. We can look back in our life or we can look ahead, but it's God's plan that is most important. We must stay connected to him in order to follow this plan. No matter what we face, if we aren't connected to the Lord, if we aren't living for him, we won't know what to do. We won't see it. God's perfect timing, it grows our faith as we trust in him. Trust God with the timing and the details of your life. Psalms 37, 4 to 5 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. Number three, God is with us in every situation, even the bad ones. Yes, even the bad ones. Haman, who was second in command next to the king, was not a good man. I mean, he was spiteful, he was jealous, he was arrogant, he was proud, he was hateful, he was angry. The list goes on and on and on. He hated the Jewish people, and when Mordecai would not bow down to him because Mordecai only bowed down to God, Haman really hated him, and he would not allow this disrespect to continue. So he went to the king. He told the king that there's this race of people, that they refuse to obey the law. He refused to obey the law of the king, and he, he tells the king that we need to get rid of these people. So the king agreed, and he puts it in the hands of Haman. So a decree was made, and all the Jewish people would be killed. When Mordecai found out about this plan, I mean, he felt totally distraught, and he was mourning, and he was just so upset. Esther 4, 1-2 says that when Mordecai learned about all that had been done, he tore his clothes. He put on burlap and ashes. He went out into the city crying with a loud, bitter wail. He went as far as the gate of the palace, for no one was allowed to enter the palace gate while wearing clothes of mourning. Now, even though Mordecai loved and trusted God, even though he loved and trusted God enough to stand up to Haman and not bow down to him, he still went through real feelings and real emotions and real pain because of what was about to happen to his people. You see, having a relationship with Jesus does not mean that we don't go through things hard things sometimes, even things that make no sense to us at all. But thank God that he has a plan, and if we live for him, then no matter what happens, everything in our life will be all right. Ephesians 1, 3 to 10 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ even before the world, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. It gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. 
God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. See, if we really believe in that, then with God's help, we can face anything in our life, any hardship at all, because the Lord is with us. Do you believe that today? You at home, do you believe that? Because it's true. We just read it. Number four is God gives us strength and courage. Mordecai's trust in God and God's plan for him gave him the strength and the courage to do what he knew to be right. And that was to tell Esther that she has to go to the king on his behalf. But Esther's afraid. I mean, why wouldn't she be? She must be beside herself. She must be thinking, oh my goodness, I can't do this. How can I go there? If I don't go there, my people will die and I love them. But if I go there, I will die. Oh my goodness, how am I going to face all this stuff? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But then Mordecai, he sends Esther a message of his wisdom. And it's in chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. It says, don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. For such a time as this is so important in God's perfect timing. It's trusting God right where you are. Just going to the king without being summoned could have been death for Esther. It says that she's, if she says nothing, she might live but her people will die. If she goes to the king, Haman will learn that she is a Jewish woman, and since the king has already ordered the degree, Haman will kill the Jewish, and, Jewish people and her. They will all die. But you see, God, he knew her heart. God loved her, and she loved him. Not only did God know Esther's heart, but God also knew Mordecai's as well. You see, Mordecai, he was obedient, and Esther was obedient to Mordecai, and she trusted him, and she listened to him. Now, if both Mordecai and Esther had not been right in their heart concerning God, Esther would not have done what what she did next. She probably would have figured out her own way, but instead, she went to God in prayer. This is number five. Prayer is an act of submission to God, but it's also a way to enter into the shelter that God provides. Now, corporate prayer, it's important, but personal prayer is vital in our relationship with Jesus. As I tell the kids all the time, I tell them that Jesus is our best friend. Simple as that. We must get to know our best friend, Jesus. So praying is communication. Praying is getting to know him. Praying is connecting to him. Praying is what's needed. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says that don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what it is you need and thank him for all that he has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, Esther knew that she could not do this without her God. So she sent word to all the Jewish people to fast and pray for three days. 
and she did the same. Meanwhile, God was preparing and opening the king's heart. You see, prayer helped her so much on the next part of the journey because not only did it give her the courage to face this, but by praying and fasting, she was submitting herself fully to God's and his will. She was opening herself up fully to know what God was going to do. You see, sometimes it's really hard for us to face things, especially hard things. Can you guys agree? It's hard. Sometimes we just want to run and hide. We just don't want to talk about it. We don't want to do anything. We just, we just that's, all, that's all we can do. But what about if we go to the Lord and he guides us for our own for such a time as this moment in our life? Because we all have them. You see, Esther, she was seeking God. She was seeking his plan. She was seeking him for answers. She was seeking his purpose. She was seeking his protection. She was seeking his guidance, and she was seeking his shelter. You see, she knew what she had to do, but she just needed some help. It's okay to need help. It's okay to reach out to the Lord for help. He wants us to. Even though he knows everything and he already knows what's going on in our life, he wants us to pray to him. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to trust him with it. Have you ever just sat down and just spilled it all out to him? Feels good, doesn't it? He wants us to be his very best friend in every area of our life. Now, it wasn't Esther's outside beauty that God looked at although God knew that her outside beauty was needed to please the king. But God wanted Esther's obedience. He wanted her integrity. He wanted her wise character and to trust him to protect and provide. Now, Esther trusted God, even when she didn't understand his plan. She went and prayed first instead of following her own plan. Without God's plan, she might have just rushed into the king's court and just said it all out like that. But when we spend time in the presence of our God, before we face our problems or while we're facing our problems, the outcome is so much better. Will you agree? Yes. Proverbs 3 and 5 says that we're to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Do not depend on your own understanding, but seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now, faith and hope, it's vital in our relationship with Jesus. Big or small problems. If we place our trust in him, he will be with us for everything. Finally, number six, God turns the tables. His perfect plan unfolds. Now, this is where the story gets really interesting. I mean, Esther has prayed, and now she knows what she must do. She must go see the king. She is received by the king, and he is quite happy to see her. That's good. He wants to know what it is that she needs. He even offers her up to half of his kingdom. That's even better. I think if this was me, I might have just went right in there and just said, save my people, save my people, and I would have just blurted it all out. Well, but instead of her telling the king her problems, she asked him and Haman to a banquet that she had prepared for them for that night. At the banquet, the king asked Esther what she wants, but she chose not to tell him. We don't know why she didn't tell him, 
but God knows, and she trusted God's perfect timing. So she invites the king back to another banquet the following night, and she tells him that she will answer his question then. And then she invites Haman to join them. This is where God really turns the tables. I mean, this is the good stuff. This is what got me really excited uh, reading this story and, and why I wanted to show you guys this. But it's just so amazing to watch God at work and watch how his plan unfolds. Now, as Haman was leaving the first banquet, he saw Mordecai at the gate. And he got enraged and he wanted to kill him right away. Well, because Mordecai just stood there, you know, or Mordecai just stood there and didn't bother to, to bow down to, to Haman, which is what he wanted, which is why he was so upset. But he went home and he talked it over with his wife and some other people, and they came up with a plan to kill Mordecai the next day. Not to wait till the plan, but to kill him the next day. Now, remember when I said that Mordecai never got thanked for saving the king's life and that it was a big part of God's plan? Well, God's perfect plan unfolds, and God's perfect timing is in the details. The king couldn't sleep that night, so he had the book of history read to him. He finds out that they never thanked Mordecai for what he had done for the king by saving his life. Don't you wish that somebody could come and read to you when you can't sleep? Especially the book of history, because you fall right asleep. <laughs> First thing the next morning, Haman is on his way to get the king's approval for, to kill Mordecai when the tables turn, just like that. Instead, the king asks Haman, what should I do to honor a man who truly pleases me? Well, arrogant. Haman, he's like, oh my goodness, he's talking about me. I am just so great. Everybody got to know what I've done, what I, how great I am, you know? So he says to the king, he says, Put on the royal robe on him and parade him through the streets yelling, this is what the king does for someone who wishes he wishes to honor. Boy, oh boy, those <laughs> tables surely turn. That backfired. So to Haman's surprise, the king orders Haman to do this to Mordecai. He honors Mordecai for saving his life. Well, you can imagine what this did to Haman. It burned him deeply. Can you see God's perfect timing unfolding? If Esther would have told the king the night before at the banquet what it was that she needed, the king would not have remembered about Mordecai saving his life. He remembered when he got read the book. Haman barely got home that day from parading Mordecai through the streets, and he got picked up for the banquet number two. At the banquet, the king asked Esther again, what she wanted. And this time, she tells him. Do you remember Mordecai's words to Esther when he says, who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this? Well, I think this is the time. She tells the king everything. And as a result, Haman is busted. Esther tells the king that Mordecai and Esther are related. The signet ring is given to Mordecai, and Esther appoints Mordecai in charge of Haman's property. The Jewish people are saved. Mordecai is promoted to the king's palace. The enemies are defeated, and the festival of Purim was declared. Now, how do I apply this to my life, you ask? When I was preparing this message, the Lord showed me the pic a picture of a, of a, a, a GPS. 
He actually showed me a picture of my phone. So what happens is when you go in a, on your GPS to get a, a map, you, you, know, you first of all look up the address, then it gives you a bunch of options, you pick one, you hit go, and then it starts to give you the directions word, word for word, you know? Anyways, sometimes as it's talking to you, it's just a lot of talking, and sometimes, honestly, to be very honest with you, I want to throw my phone out the window because she just doesn't stop. Do you guys ever like to do that too? You know what I mean, sometimes. And the one in my car is even worse because that one just says recalculating, recalculating. It drives me insane. <laughs> I often yell at my phone too, by the way, just so you know. The great thing about this is that if I go off course, if I need to go get gas or I want to go somewhere, stop in somewhere, I see a great store and I want to stop in it, it just redirects me back. No matter how far off course I get, it just keeps rerouting me back to that place I set myself to go. Until I actually turn off the app or I turn off my phone, it will just keep recalculating and planning my trip. It doesn't matter where I go, it will bring me back on track. It takes much longer the further you go, but she still keeps bringing you back on track. Well, God showed me that this is like him in our life. He never gives up on us. He is always reroutes us when we get off track. And when we do get off track, many times we do, but he continues his plan for our life. As many times as it takes, as far off course you get, he will keep on bringing you back because he loves you. Just don't turn him off. Allow him to keep rerouting you back to him and his plan for your life, just like Esther and Mordecai did. See, they trusted God with their whole life. They were extraordinary people that God used to do extraordinary things. God was with them in their situation. He gave them the strength and the courage to go through the tough stuff while submitting to God. And he provided the shelter as his perfect plan unfolded. I want us to remember today that his plan for us unfold slowly as we live our life for him and as we walk with him because it's a walk by faith. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of the things that we cannot see. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Now sometimes the trials in our life that might be the very thing that God uses to take us to the next level in our faith and in our trust and our walk with him. I think that probably happened to Esther and in her life. Will you trust him today? You have been listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including events, ministries, and service time, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. You can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast store, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.